Our dear Dr. Maswangani is an international professional motivational speaker, an educator, a leader, a lecturer, a teacher, a professional counselor to individuals, families, churches, businesses, and governments. He's known, as he is known, he's a visionary who is a pro project-oriented leader. He's doing television, radio, he's a television and radio personality, has authored 39 books. He's a peacemaker, a chess statesman, and he has served in various government commissions, addressed parliaments around the world, served as a mediator in several countries, facilitated peace and reconciliation initiatives as well as advocacy. He's listed in the who's who's in the, in the world, the volume 13 of 1996. He's the International President's Award for Icon Achievement and Deputy Director General of IBC. He has traveled extensively to 130 countries, including the islands, addressed students in over 40 university campuses around the world. He mentors and fathers over 100 leaders in the fields of business, church politics, and in the world of sports. He's also known for being active in pro-marriage institution. He's pro-local church. He is pro-pastors and pro-governments. Through his professional counseling, marriage clinics, and the bestseller publications, he has reconciled 53 legally divorced couples. He, yeah. Dr. Elijah studied at the Northern Bible College and Southern School of Theology in South Africa, Haggai Institute in Singapore, studied at the Fuller Seminary in California in the USA. To us, Barcelona, he is a father who has loved us dearly. I remember when I invited Papa to come and preach at a church way back in 1985 or 1986. I was still fairly young in the ministry. Mama, I took a chance as a starting preacher to invite somebody of his caliber. I didn't know, I was very young, but I was very attracted to him when I first got to know him and see him. I can't say I knew him personally, I knew of him, you know, and, uh, and to my surprise, he agreed to come and you all agreed that he can come and he came. We didn't have, couldn't pay for his hotel. He's never asked of us to give him money. He's never demanded for us to put him in a hotel never told us what to do. He came and uh, he stayed with my parents, slept in my bedroom on a three-quarter bed, and I went and stayed with my sisters. I'm telling you the truth. And we'd invited him for a marriage seminar and to be our main speaker on Sunday. And that Saturday of the marriage seminar, everything went wrong that was supposed to go wrong. Everything. It rained. The people who were supposed to pick up the solar system didn't pitch up. The car that was supposed to help us broke down. And, 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 and then I had to make sure we get the sound system. When we got it, the sound system wasn't working. And the people stayed away in large numbers. We only had five people in attendance. My parents, Bobra Sam, Akimoni, Mutuna. Oh, you were there as well. So we had about 10 people. Where were you? You, oh, you were, uh, Lord help us. He was doing the sound. Forgive, Lord. I think there were about six to ten people in total. And, and, and I was delaying the service, the praise and the worship in the hope that more people will arrive. 
The more we worshipped, the more people didn't come. And I could see the few that were there wanted to leave. And finally, I've, I just had to introduce him. And I was waiting for him to give me a dress down and just tell me how disappointed he was and that I should never try to invite him again. He said when he got up, he took 10 minutes or 15 minutes encouraging me. I'm sitting there, I wasn't married at the time, and I'm listening to this man of God encourage me. I, I tell you, Rosalind, I, Papa, I'll never forget that day as long as I live. Remember, by the way, I had come into ministry from rejection, from being criticized as a young man, all kinds of things. First time I hear a senior leader encourage me the way he did. And our hearts really, my heart really connected with his heart and he started mentoring me from that day, teaching me about marriage. When I got married, he counseled my wife and I, always talked to us, always talked to our family. And when we dedicated this building, I said, the first leader who really believed in me is Dr. Maswangani. And so over there, you'll see that plug. He's the one who dedicated this church building in gratitude to his role in our lives. <laughs> Mama, thank you so much now, Papa, for having been so good to us that even now, Papa, when we are pensioners ourselves, you still come and support us. And to us, we will never change who you are in our lives. And that's why the honor we have and the respect we have for you and that God has kept you so strong. Papa will be turning 80 years next year, Vazalon. Can you believe? We have to have a big bash for you, Papa. We have to, we have to, we have to. And so let's let's stand on our feet as we welcome our dad, our father, Dr. Elijah Maswangani, please. I'm going to ask Mazalana before Papa says something. Money, I'm just going to ask Mama, please, just to say hello to all of you, Mazalana, because Mama is here in attendance, and I'll give the mic to Papa. Mama, please, can you just say hello to the congregation, Mama, please? Nakombela, please, Mama. Yeah. Please, no, no, please, please, don't, 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 don't. Amen. 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 Kenza shkwemu ba irikwala ikaitoa. Let's give the Lord a big hand, Barcelona, for our mom. Keep standing. Because I would like, from the bottom of my heart, recognize, acknowledge, appreciate, and to affirm, and also to confirm, this great African leader. Every generation comes with their leaders. And I am one of the leaders who belong to the old school of thought. 
I am busy fading myself and working myself out and pushing the younger generation. by mentoring, discipling, and fathering young, young champions in the making. Yes. Bishop Moses' leadership calling and ministry stood the test of time. And now I want to call upon you, Bishop Musa, to lead us, including Elijah Malembe Masangani. Because there is greatness in you, and that greatness is untapped. You can be great without being famous. And you can be famous without being great. Tandi and I have been watching you develop, grow, reaching higher heights, and that is the reason why we feel so comfortable under the shadow of your leadership. And I call upon the body of Christ in South Africa, Africa and beyond. to look up to Bishop Musa for leadership. I researched leaders and leadership for over 30 years. There are different levels of leadership personal leadership, family leadership, church leadership, learning institution leadership, societal leadership, governmental leadership. Every leader who has something that makes him or her tick, all of us must step from him. I also recognize, acknowledge, and appreciate your wife. She is more than your wife. And she is more than the mother of your children. She is a leader in her own right.
And what I like and love about her, she's highly Afrocentric. She's Pan-African. Although she is enlightened, intelligent, flamboyant, and charismatic, she doesn't lose her Africanism. And to the men of God, I have come to love so much who preceded me, who ministered so well. Give him another big hand of appreciation. Let me tell you a little secret. We were in Ghana sharing platform with Howard Mills and uh, during our free periods I ran to a spa uh, for manicure and pedicure Guess who did I meet there also for manicure and pedicure? It was this great man of God from Zimbabwe. <laughs> I thought maybe those conservative Christians uh, who would not approve of men of God to have uh, to, 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 to undergo manicure and pedicure would somehow get and I quickly said to him and his wife don't tell the conference that you and I have met here <laughs> and one more secret, it's not about him, it is about Don Phillips, a great young man of God. And his wife present here on the pew today. I was leading a, a come together and I had the authority to decide who opens in prayer and who closes in prayer. So Apostle Don and his wife were there and his wife was expecting. And I, I said, I feel like asking uh, Don Phillips to, to open in prayer. I changed my mind. How can he open this gathering in prayer when his wife is pregnant? <laughs> I was giving the impression that pregnanting your wife is a big seed. <laughs> Please make yourselves comfortable in the presence of the Lord.
And the last person I would like to recognize, appreciate, and love is my killer wife. She gave birth to three of my children free of charge. And she did the most difficult or painful. I have never given birth to a human being, but all my three children were given birth to her. By her, all I did was to facilitate. And to facilitate is not painful. I didn't say it is nice. <laughs> Our efficient, eloquent previous speaker titled his talk a new thing. Let us all say a new thing. I want to add, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. I am interested in that word, I. God is not a man that he should lie. There are over 8,000 promises in the 66 books of the Bible. God is not like a politician. What God promises, he delivers. I concur with the theme of this awesome conference as we celebrate 40 years of God's great grace. I will do a new thing. You go through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation you will find God to be God. He doesn't change. He doesn't fluctuate. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, Bishop Musa and the leadership of Grace Bible Church, you can go on for another 40 years because God says, I will do a new thing. And what God promised, he will deliver. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, bondage and slavery 
with signs and wonders and miracles. It was God's plan to immediately take them into, into the promised land, which was less than three week, weeks journey on foot. But they could not get to the promised land the way God intended. And I want to mention a couple of things that always militate, hinder, or things that are obstacles, things that stand on our way from experiencing all the blessings that God promised in the Word. May the Lord give us boldness, courage, and will to remove those weaknesses. Because those weaknesses are man-made. Not all hindrances are from the devil. Not all obstacles are from the devil. Jesus was born, he died, he resurrected, he ascended up into the heavens, and he will come back again. It is over 2,000 years. We should have turned this whole world the right side up. But you and I failed because of some of the things that I call hindrances obstacles, hurdles, things that stand on our way. And it is my prayer, before Jesus comes, we must remove those obstacles. Here are some of these militating factors obstacles and hindrances that challenges us from beholding and experiencing these great words, I will do a new thing. Hindrance number one is what I term historical factors. You may not quite understand what the, dam the psychological damage that has been done to us in Africa by slavery, colonialism, imperialism, apartheid, and other forms of oppression. After 94, you and I look as if we have improved. But I tell you, we are damaged people. And that damage that has been done to us, it affects our development, it affects our growth, it affects our insight, 
It affects our vision. It affects our creativity. It affects our uh, expanding. You know, that picture we were shown of, of, of the church that is being built in Bulawayo, I tell you, it is a symbol of hope. Give the brother another big hand of appreciation. You are not doing that for Zimbabwe. You are doing that for us all. I like nice things. It is a contemporary church. It is a now-now church. It is attractive. If I lived in the neighborhood in Bulawayo, I would apply to be a member of your local church. We have been damaged psychologically. And we also damaged ourselves by myth, superstition, fear, and ignorance. We Africans of color, even if we have our degrees, honors, masters, PhDs, we do not realize how still we are bound by even bondages that does not bind a white man. That is why this thing of demons, witches, witchcraft, I, I sometimes, when I am at my intellectual best, I doubt its power. Whatever damage that happened to you before you got saved, even after you were saved, I want you to know that Jesus is the answer. In my second session, I will attempt to suggest what we should do to liberate ourselves. We cannot always look to others to liberate us. You must take it upon yourself to liberate yourself. You know, when I announced that I will be getting married to a closer lady, 
I was misunderstood, misconcepted, even by my own parents and relatives. I was not only persecuted by culture, even the special branch, the, the white regime, she can tell you, me, Frank Chikani, and others, you know, we were visited by the special branch, and they didn't find what they were looking for. And always, when they were leaving, they would say, on Salvier Trecom. And here am I today with my sweetheart. We have been married now for 51 years. Fifty-one years. She is my killer girl. <laughs> and the second hurdle we must overcome in order for God to do a new thing in our lives, we must overcome negative traditions. Tradition is stronger than constitution. What is tradition? Tradition is the habit of doing something that you found other people doing and you don't check it whether it is right or wrong. That is why many of us who are married, who are husbands, who are black, we never kiss our wives during the day. We, we, we only kiss them at night in a dark room where you can't see the lips. It's tradition. And the very same lips you are avoiding during the day, it is the same lips your wife has during the night. Tradition can be stronger than constitution. That is why racism, tribalism, and many of these isms, they are wrapped in tradition. You will never enjoy the best of what Christ died for, as long as you are a victim of man-made traditions. Yeah. 
And the third obstacle is fear of change. Fear of change. If you cannot do things differently, you will never experience the blessings God have for you in store. How do you define fear? Fear is the dark room where our negatives are developed. If you are full of fear, you develop negative pictures. And the Bible says, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. He gave us the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Never accommodate fear in your life. Don't worship God because you are afraid you will go to hell where you will be roasted by the devil. Your relationship with God should be Bible-based, should be love-based. Sometimes when we pray, we should pray smiling. Fear is one of the greatest enemy of man. Particularly fear of change. Some won't even they will never go for a haircut and, and, and use a different style of, hair, of, of cutting a hair. Because since he was born, they told him this is the right way. That's why I like Lungi here when he was on stage. I like his hairstyle. Another hurdle, number four, it is denominational factors. By denominational factors, I mean the spirit of denominationalism, which is another form of racism and tribalism. What I love about Grace Bible Church, all ethnic groups are represented here. We honor you, Bishop Musa, for having created that atmosphere in Grace Church where Zulus, Tosas, white, Indians, Tuanas, Vendas, we can all come together and we embrace God's culture. I did a thesis on human cultures. All human cultures are unique, valid, dynamic, and sinful. Don't swallow everything from your own culture. It is only the Bible that has, a, has, has the right 
to correct culture. And culture has got no right to correct the Bible. You must watch out. Don't allow the spirit of denominationalism to deprive you from going to some conference where you will be blessed for life. And hindrance number five, ecclesiastical, Levitical procedures. You know, Theology, I studied theology for eight years. And some of the things I studied, they were very much unnecessary. They, 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 they are too much man-made. Because theologians can sometimes be so good at taking simple things and, and complicating them. And some of these seminaries are like cemeteries. You go there alive and come back dead. I thank God. Before I, 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 I flew to America to do my theology, I already had my four years of foundational sound doctrine. No one could move me. So theologians can design, you know, systems that can keep you busy like a chewing gum, a bubble gum. You keep on chewing even if the sweetness is no more there. You are chewing a rubber. That is why I often say Christianity is not Christianity. Salvation is not civilization. Spirituality is not materialism. Jesus told Nicodemus deep into the night that the things of the spirit are spirit. The things of the flesh is flesh. I don't believe in poverty. As I stand here, I am debt free. But I would never preach that a sport car is a symptom of faith. I would never do that. I am driving a 2023 brand new Amarok, it can drive itself. And I drive a contemporary Mercedes. But I don't make doctrines out of them. Do not make a doctrine out of anything that is material. God is a spirit. And all those who will worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. 
We do not measure the depth of your Christianity by the house you live in, the car you drive, the, the clothes you wear, your jewelry, or your furniture. The God I'm talking about, he doesn't dwell in a, a, a house that is made of cement. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. And hurdle number six is what I term hermeneutical Bible interpretation by theologians. You know, if you go to some churches and see the religious gymnastics that happens, in some places they tell you you must hit your forehead on the on the floor, if you are a pastor or a preacher, you must not walk normally, you must walk as if you have been starched. <laughs> you see, that is why I love Bishop Musa, he's himself. <laughs> if you came in here and you look for Bishop Musa, you would ask from him, where is the bishop here? <laughs> Human beings, sometimes like the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the scribes, the hypocrites, and the Sanhedrinists, they have complicated the gospel. Yet Jesus, the son of the living God, preached such a simple gospel. And people could get saved. And Jesus would not mind even to spend time with a social prostitute explaining the living water which only Jesus can give. While on that story, remember, the reason why Jesus was able to help the Samaritan woman, he missed his lunch. How many Christian leaders will miss a meal in order to help somebody? While Jesus was attending to the Samaritan woman, the disciples were fishing for restaurants. That is why when Jesus visited Jerusalem with his parents, when he decided to disappear a little, when they eventually found him, they, they, they asked, where have you been? Jesus said, I was on my father's business. Wow. It is our father's business that is more important. And the kingdom of God is not meat or drink or fish and chips. It is peace, joy, righteousness, and the Holy Spirit. And the last hindrance 
obstacles, hurdles, is wrong emphasis. Wrong emphasis. You go to different churches today and you listen to us preachers preach behind the podium or pulpit, you will develop a question. Are we all sent by the same God? Are we all anointed by the same Holy Spirit? Why is our emphasis so different? The early apostles that were handpicked by Jesus himself, the Bible says they spoke the same things. I had one preacher from outside South Africa, I don't want to mention his country because they have those tendencies. He was telling a, a, a huge audience right here in South Africa, if, if you pay me so much, if you are HIV AIDS, I will remove it. I have a special anointing for that. And he turned to single parents and straight singles who are not married. If you pay me so much, I will pray for all of you to get a husband within two weeks. And I was shocked that single parents believed this preacher. And they traveled by bus, two buses to Deben where he had to pray for them in a special way, underlying special way. If you watch us praying for ladies, we lay hands on their head and we are even careful with their hairstyles or we lay our hands on their shoulders. But that prophet he wanted to lay his hands below the belly button. If you are serious about God doing a new thing in your life, you must get rid of wrong emphasis in your life. The gospel alone is powerful. I like how Paul defines the gospel. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel 
because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel saves your soul, your mind, your body, your finances. God takes care of you. You don't have to make a doctrine like they do in America. My wife studied in Dallas, Texas. I studied in California. I draw a line of distinction between culture, American culture, and the, and the Bible. You know, in America, they are always tempted to turn American culture into a theological doctrine. Don't do that. If you want to receive genuine blessings, if you want God to do a new thing in your life, come to God as you are. Don't tell God, in Brazil they do this. In America they do that. In Argentina, they, when you come to God, forget countries, think of God. Because God's grace is sufficient. As I conclude, because I am aware that there are many sincere people under the sun who are seeking God, but they are misled by prophets, wrong doctrines, wrong emphasis, wrong preaching. Paul studied law for 15 years under Professor Gamaliel. He wrote about 14 books in the New Testament. He planted many churches and established them and laid good foundation. And whenever Paul speaks, he speaks to edify. He speaks to build. We live on the last days where many will be, will be deceived. We must look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We must read our Bibles as never before. You know, I have bounced back to the Bible. You can ask those that I, I, I mentor, disciple, and father, like Stembiso, his wife, Romeo, his wife, uh, Charles Ngobeni, others are Indians, others are white, even Peter Pretorius, who went to be with the Lord. You, if you were to ask them, they will tell you that our father Elijah emphasizes the weight, the weight, the weight. The word. Because heaven and earth shall pass away. But the word of God shall stand throughout eternity.
And the word of God is alive. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces and it divides. Did you know that the very day you got saved, you were set aside by God for special assignments? That is why I am pro-local church. After getting saved, you must belong to a local church. You must submit to the local leadership of the church. And you must attend services regularly. Romeo Muta, uh, his wife, Palafala, they, 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 they have a teaching that they teach from Acts 2.42. One of the things that they, they teach, which is very important, is fellowship. After salvation, you must fellowship. It is in fellowship where we strengthen each other. It is in fellowship where we meet each other's needs. It is in, in fellowship where we comfort each other. There is this verse of scripture I love so much. It says, whenever you come together, let one have a psalm, another one an encouragement, another one a prophecy. You know that verse of scripture, it is not referring to apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. It refers to a small, what you could call a, a cell group to prove that God loves you as an individual Christian and is interested in your development and growth as an individual. In that small group, you can encourage each other. You should not always depend on, on the pulpit. You must learn also to feed yourself. Didn't you hear the preacher that preached before me? He tickled my heart because I have written stags of notes on that. That we can also cast out demons. You don't have to wait for somebody to come from Nigeria. There are many demons in Nigeria. You don't have to wait for somebody to come from Ghana, Zambia, or Botswana, Lesotho, or Swaziland. The power of God is in the house. That is why Jesus said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Shall follow believer. As long as how Pulusi is as long as you are born again, blood washed, only saved, you are a candidate to be used by the Holy Spirit. My wife should have been dead. She caught COVID. For the first time, 
in our marriage life, I was told I should not sleep in the same room with my wife. And she was gasping, my daughter, Corey, and my grandson, we did everything under the sun to save the life of my wife. And I read every book you can think of. Watchman Nee, A.A. Allen, even the books that I, guys that I preached with. I preached with Bengu, Gidi, Duma, Oral Roberts, Billy Graham, T.L. Osborne. I preached with all these guys. I, I, I went for their books in my library. I read the Bible. One evening, I was so full of boldness, courage, and faith. I went into my room where my wife was sleeping with no mask. Yeah. No mask. I went. That is when I proved how much Tandi loves me. So you, when you see a man doing things for a, a woman, when Usatsibi next, you, you say I'm wasting money. I took her for on a blue train. You know. You know how expensive that is. Just the two of us. I didn't want a congregation. I wanted Tandi and me. You know, when I got into the room, no mask, my wife said, Daddy, go, go, go back to the room. We shouldn't all die. What will, what will happen to our children? She was concerned about children. I got on that bed, no mask. I slept with her. The only thing different, I faced her feet. <laughs> Instead of facing her face. <laughs> that is where I learned something that I didn't know about women's feet <laughs> and women's legs. While my wife was in pain, I was facing the opposite. I was playing with her feet. And smooth. No roughage. How nice We pulled her out of the lion's mouth. Thank God, Tandi is still alive. 
and she is 77 years old. And, and she is still kissable. God wants to do a new thing in South Africa, in Africa, and beyond. See you tomorrow in part two. God bless. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. Bazalanda for our dad. Come on. I tell you, Bazalanda, this gospel is a gospel that can keep us all. You know what I love, Papa, is that we've heard you preach many years ago. You still preach the same gospel. And that's why we still preach the same gospel. And there are many things that can distract us. Things that can be obstacles and hindrances. We're looking forward to hearing about the right way to respond to what God is saying to us as the church today. Also, thank you for being a model of Love you. You've you encourage some of us as young people who, you know, in the Pentecostal church, you couldn't be expressive about your love. Yeah, you have to be secret or something, kai kai. But uh, you were open. You talked about your wife openly, loved her, and travelled with her, and so on. We thank you for being that model for us, and I hope we are all learning, Barcelona. Because these are the great things that we can learn. Thank you, Papa. I can't.